You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code PLAY for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. This episode is brought to you by Euphoria, the one and only company to offer personalized designer Utrition created specifically for you based upon your DNA profile. Their DNA test unlocks the secrets to your actionable genes and their influence on your body, and they've made the process as simple as possible for you. Your saliva contains DNA from the cells in your mouth, and the Euphoria kit contains instructions on collecting and providing your sample to be analyzed from their CLIA and HIPAA certified lab. This means no one has your DNA information other than you and your lab tech and Euphoria. The lab then processes your DNA and your genetic data is used to generate your personalized report. This report includes over 20 pages about nutritional ingredients as well as specific foods and how they respond to your body. Their custom designer, Utrition, also contains nearly 100 peer-reviewed plant-based ingredients along with raw food, superfoods, prebiotics, enzymes, vitamins, and minerals. Yes, you heard that correct. When you take Euphoria, you no longer have to blindly mix and match your vitamins, no longer having to figure out how much you should take of each one because it's all ready for you inside your Euphoria supplement. And one of my favorite things about Euphoria is that their formulas are non-GMO, gluten-free, and vegan. Okay, if you'd love to hear more about Euphoria, check them out in our show notes. Welcome back to the Flaunt Your Fire show, where we explore what it means to be your whole self in person and online as you unapologetically flaunt that fire that burns within you. I am your host and CEO of Flaunt Your Fire, India Jackson, here to disrupt the way that you view marketing, branding, visibility, career titles, and ultimately yourself. I love these shorter episodes where I get to dive deep with you guys into some tips, some tricks, some information, or stories that can really just get you thinking differently and stepping more into flaunting your own fire and doing things in a way that feels true and good for you. And today I'm actually going to dive a little bit into some storytelling from my life. Um, 
that I think you'll be able to see how this can apply to your business and other areas of life for you too. So this time of year, I love decluttering and just kind of getting in a mindset of either minimalism or essentialism or both. And right now I am reading essentialism. And as I was reading through this, well, actually listening to it on Audible, this go around instead of physically reading the book, um, I decided to take some of that time to declutter and to organize some things. And it's something that I'm encouraging my team to do at Flaunt Your Fire, both in the business as well as in their personal lives too, because I find that really just getting down to the bones of like what's most important and letting go of some of the fluff that no longer serves you makes everything else just so much easier and more efficient. And I don't know, it's just, there's so many results that can come from getting down to the essential things. I'll share a link to that book in the show notes for you guys if you're interested in it. It's one of my favorites. I read it at least once a year. But as I was listening to that and decluttering, I came across a box of other books. <laughs> I know, your girl likes to read. And one of the books that stood out to me was Do One Thing Every Day That Scares You. And it stood out to me because it's almost like a journal. It really is more of a journal than a book. And I bought it at a time that was really, really hard in my life. And I'm using hard instead of challenging because that's just facts. It was a hard time in my life. One of the hardest that I've ever had. And so many things came out of just randomly seeing this book in a store and it's almost like it called my name. I can't even explain it. It was on a table full of colorful books and here it is, this black book that should not have stood out, called my name and I bought it and honestly changed my life. One or two weeks in this book literally felt like six months in my normal life of unpacking ideas, getting over my bullshit, doing things that scared me and realizing that they weren't that scary after I did them. And the more I did them, the easier and easier and easier it got to do things that I think is important for everyone, like standing up for ourselves, like, um, you know, asking for support when we need it, like making tough decisions and putting ourselves out there. And it's funny, this book inspired me to actually join a gym for the first time in my life where I had a goal, like I had joined the gym before, but it was always on some willy nilly, oh, I want to get my beach body on, you know, outside ideas of why we join a gym or New Year's resolution, new year, new me, right? We've all heard this before. But for the first time ever, I actually decided to start putting more love and more self-care back into myself. There's something crazy about doing things that scare you and realizing, holy crap, I'm not that scary anymore that will really make you start to invest back into yourself and to see the, some of the stories of not enoughness or have to give to everybody else first that we all have. And <laughs> my goal at this gym was just to do one push-up, one pull-up because I love the walking dead at the time. And my boy Glenn pretty much almost got eaten by zombies and they made you believe that he did because he couldn't do the pull-up required to get over the fence. He just wasn't strong enough. And I'm like... Not today. I will not be Glenn when the zombie apocalypse happens. I'm going to get my pull-up on. And I'd never been able to do one in my life. And so as I'm in this gym, I just started meeting so many bodybuilders and professional athletes. Um, and it really just changed the type of work that I was doing from the outside looking in. Because we had been doing marketing and branding work 
for a very long time and specifically photography as well for companies like Christian Dior and models and musicians, album covers and things like that. Um, even work for business owners, such as their headshots, the imagery on their websites, but stepping into this space, you started to see more athlete work, um, especially because some of these events we were photographing like multiple athletes in one day. And of course they're going to share it. And anyway, I digress. But the more I started being at these events, I started getting comments like, uh, so when are you going to compete? Mm, I see those arms. You getting on stage today? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Politely, no. Sometimes, who, me? No. <laughs> and I had to recognize for myself all these no's were coming up because I had a secret. Me, the girl who had modeled for over 13 years, had stage fright and had it hardcore for the three years up until being asked to get on stage as an athlete. Yeah, me, you know, and it didn't matter how many magazines I had been in, how many photographers I had posed for, how many times I had spoken and led younger women wanting to get into that industry to really just take their brand back and decide what they want to do with it for themselves instead of letting other people own it, I had developed stage fright. Crazy, right? And I really just had to take a moment and ask myself, like, what were these no's? These no's were, I'm too awkward. I don't have enough muscle on me. I still have too much fat on my body. I'm not disciplined enough for that diet. I couldn't do that. You know, sometimes these no's were outside no's. Vegetarians can't put on that much muscle to compete. You know, um, some of the no's were a little bit more deep rooted. Like I have no rhythm having been told that I can't dance for shit most of my life. It's probably true, but (laughs) I digress. And Sometimes it was all gathered into a polite no, but there was a lot going on underneath the surface with that. And there was, I remember one evening where I was editing photos of some ladies from a competition I'd photographed and it hit me as I'm the computers in front of me. I have my tablet, I'm Photoshopping a few shots and There it is, you know, the book is right next to me. Do one thing every day that scares you. And I'm like, oh, shit. The problem's not my fear of getting on stage and stage fright. It's my self-talk. And here came the questions. When did I become from being confident enough to be photographed for magazines to being afraid to stand in a crowd when did I start to minimize who I was to make others feel more secure? Was getting on the stage really about my fear of the stage or what is it about what people would think of me? And not even thinking from the standpoint of they won't like my figure and I won't place well, but from the standpoint of there were people in my life at the time that needed me to play small in order for them to feel good about themselves, you know, and that's not okay. And if this is the case, and I'm going to possibly do this thing that scares me, this huge thing, I don't know if this is a, a, a one page in the book of the journal, 
But how do I even begin to find my inner fire coming from these stories and flaunt it? How do I step up on that stage with confidence? Now, I'd already learned the lesson several weeks into this book that the best way to get over your fears is to face them head on. Do the shit. Rip the fucking bandaid off, right? Like, I learned that (laughs) firsthand, but it doesn't make your nerves any better. (laughs) Fast forward. I made this decision to do it. I knew it would change my life even bigger than some of the smaller things that I had done within this book. But here's the thing. You can't just like wake up and do a competition. I mean, you can, but you might not like the results you have. Uh, For those of you that don't know, most people spend a minimum of 16 weeks preparing for a competition. Um, Some do less. It depends on the person. But giving the space that I was coming from as not being an athlete and just being somebody who had just gotten into the gym consistently probably needed more than 16 weeks. And... You know, I'm not a personal trainer. I've never been a personal trainer. I've never desired to be. Um, Wasn't a nutritionist. So I had to now do something else scary. I had to ask for help. I had to look to bring people on my team to get me there. And I learned a lot about that. This meant that I needed a nutrition plan. This meant that I needed a workout plan. This meant that I needed a stage plan. And by stage plan, I meant, I mean, um, knowing the poses that somebody does on stage, how to do them properly so that they flatter your body the most, and also having a routine because there's a segment during the process of competing where you're on stage by yourself and you come out to music and I suck at dance. So I needed all the hope I could get with that part. (laughs) And... Yeah, I mean, I asked for help. Um, I signed up for all of these services and the process began. And in that process, I learned a lot of things that I didn't know by letting other people step into their zone of genius. Um, I was getting results, but as I got closer to stage time, I realized that there was things that I needed that I wasn't getting to. Like, I had lost so much fat, um that I think my hormonal levels were off. Um, So I was running into issues where I was getting like mood swings. I never had PMS in my life, probably TMI for the guys listening, but hey, you know. And so there was some things going on with that. Uh, I hadn't done much of the posing practices, so I felt really nervous about the dance kind of routine thing um, that I know now is called a T-walk where you're on stage by yourself. And I also just felt like my poses looked really awkward. My walking back and forth on the stage looked really awkward and uncomfortable. And I know that you're getting judged on the entire package, not just how much muscle you put on and how much fat you lost, but, you know, do you look professional up there? Because if you win, then you're considered a pro, you know, (laughs) you get your pro card. And There were a few things that transpired that I'll probably dive into in another episode at a later time. But I learned in this process that sometimes we have to do the scary thing of taking a step back and assessing what we really need. And I, towards show day, had to ask for some different help. 
And that scared the shit out of me. So I had done this whole process mostly with one person and then now have to add on other people with different expertise. Um, yeah. And so I say this because if you're listening and you're like, I really want to get out there this year, you know, I really want to put this new sales item we have in front of people, you know, and doing the things like getting on podcast episodes, putting out Instagram stories, talking about what it is that you do, your values, your mission, who your team is, and why you're fucking awesome on LinkedIn scares you. And if you don't realize that it scares you, you know, maybe you're realizing that you're hesitating. You've typed it out and you don't hit send or it comes time to share the message and you can't find the words. It's time to start unpacking that. And it's also time to realize that we can get pretty far on our own, but at some point we may need to bring in help of experts that do this thing for a living to get us to the next level. So fast forward (laughs) and here it is, you know, it's show day. Oh my gosh. I put in months of work. I added in all this muscle. I now can do multiple pull-ups, multiple push-ups without any assistance. And here's my bikini that has come that I spent like $500 on, girl. Like, I can't believe it costs that much. And now I have to go on stage in this thing. Holy moly. Like, the day is here. And the stage fear is still here. I've done so much to work on it. I've spent hours posing in front of a mirror, hours posing without the mirror because we don't get a mirror on stage so that I can feel more confident. I practiced. And I want to remind you guys, you can practice on your content. You know, um, a great way to practice on your bigger form content is Instagram stories, is LinkedIn captions, you know, because they're a little bit more room for experimentation there than there is with podcast episodes. But I practice my butt off and still the fear is here. It's time to do the thing that scares me anyway. And I wish I could tell you in that moment on my stage, on the stage the first time that all the fear went away and it's like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, no. That's not realistic. I try to keep things real here for you guys. That's not realistic. It's the practice and the repetition that makes perfect, if there's even such a thing. Um, But I can say that the second time I had to go out on stage for a different category, I had way more confidence and was way more focused than the first time. And I learned to zone out the noise. So the first time I stepped on stage, I was so afraid that I was looking around on the stage the whole time I was there at what other people were doing. So I'm going to ask you if you're listening to this, where might you be looking around where everyone else is doing things in your industry, on their websites, on social media, on podcasts, in person at networking, listening in on their conversations? Press pause on that. Sometimes it's good to press pause on that and take a step back and focus Okay, so I got off the stage from the first time and I didn't even realize I was doing that. I guess it's just 
human nature habit. I don't know. But the person who ended up coming in to help me with my posing and stage presence towards the end, my good friend Kim, was like, snap out of it and focus. (laughs) I will never forget her saying that to me because it changed everything. I stepped back out on stage a second time and I went from what was fourth place to first place because I got laser focused and no one existed to me that second time I stepped out on stage but the judges. They were all that mattered. I didn't hear the music. I didn't see the competitor in my peripheral vision next to me. I didn't see my family and friends in the audience. I didn't hear them screaming for them for me. I didn't hear them saying my number. I didn't hear them telling me things. I got laser focused on what would have been my ideal client for that day because that was the judges. Where can you do this where you can get laser focused on your mission your message and who it serves instead of everyone else that's part of the noise. Okay. So after I step out the second time, I, of course we don't know the scores until the end. Um, it's now time to prepare for the second part of the event where I have to go out and do my routine by myself. This is the part that scared me the most. But yet somehow it felt less scary because I had already been out on stage twice. Repetition is key. That is my lesson for you on that. The more you do it, the easier it gets. I won't say it wasn't hard. It wasn't scary, but it was definitely easier than the first two times. And what I did backstage is I took a moment to sit down, relax, you know, and just kind of recenter myself, get my game face back on. I think I may have played a little bit of music. I had some pre-workout, which is kind of like the equivalent of an energy drink to get my energy back up. And here we go. It's time to go out by myself to music with a routine that I had to memorize, which my memory is the worst. So deep breath. I go out there and I don't know. I just, I forgot everything. I forgot who was watching. I forgot the stories I told myself. I forgot my fears and I just did it. It was like I was on autopilot. Like, honestly, real talk, I barely remember it. And Erica has said that before on Pause on the Play, our other podcast, um, where Erica Corday has like talked about some of my bodybuilding past, but it's true. I, I really just don't even remember it because I had practiced so much. I didn't need to remember it. I didn't. And there was something about the moment that I finally stepped off and it was done that gave me so much peace and courage and strength and just a moment of feeling proud of myself, which is something that I don't know if I had done very much in my life at that point. Because I had done something that I never thought I could do. I had challenged myself. I had beat myself. And there was something about knowing that I had stuck to the course, you know? It wasn't that I did it perfectly. I mean, I had (laughs) a couple of rice cakes like the week before. And I know you guys listening are like, rice cakes. That doesn't matter. But every little calorie counts when you're competing. And yet, I still beat myself. So I'm going to remind you that 
You don't have to do the thing that scares you or the thing to move the needle in your business perfectly. You just got to do it. The more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. The easier it becomes, the more you practice, the less effort you have to put in it to where if there's times when life is busy, when life is hard, when you have personal things going on, not to say you want to be on autopilot, but you kind of can be a little bit more because you've done the work so much that it has a place of ease and comfort and familiarity. So I share this story with you. It's not one that I talk about much because I know that my <laughs> my business owner audience is kind of 50-50 as to whether or not they're into the fitness stuff. But I think that there is a lot in common between being a high-performing athlete and a high-performing business owner. And I want to go through those things again with you really quickly so that you have some key takeaways. Number one, I'm going to ask you as your one item to do today to be to do something that scares you. No matter how big or how small, do something that scares you. Sometimes it's the tiniest things that give us the biggest takeaways and the biggest forward momentum in our lives and in our businesses. Number two, I want to remind you that you may have to bring on people on your team that can help you because we can't be the master of everything. You know, they say the jack of all trades masters none. It's true. You know, I didn't try to come up with my own nutrition plan, my own posing, my own workout. That's just not what I do for a living. It didn't make sense. And I didn't want to make an ass out of myself on stage. So (laughs) I hired people to help me. Also, give yourself permission that after you've been working with the people you've hired for a while to reevaluate, are they still the best fit for you? Sometimes we outgrow people and that's okay. Saying no and allowing room for another professional to come in to do a job differently in a way that feels more true for you and allows you to feel better about yourself and how you're doing your marketing, how you're doing your branding, how you're doing your life is important. And it also doesn't mean that the people that you work with in the past have to go away forever. You'll find that there's still ways to continue to nurture those relationships. Okay. And I'm going to remind you that repetition and practice are everything. The more you can do things, the easier it is to show up. And I don't mean that it will be easy when I say easier. Because there will be times where you just don't feel like being seen. You just don't want to be on a story. You just don't want to have to record one more audio piece of yourself. That's normal. But you'll find that when it comes time to actually do it, you have ease. Because you have a little bit more flow, comfort, and familiarity. So I know I impact a lot of things here. I'm going to leave you guys with this last message. is to do one thing that scares you. And know that you'll find courage and you'll find strength on the other side. Thank you so much for listening today. If you love the things I was talking about here, be sure to check out the show notes or you can visit flauntyourfire.com slash F-A-V-E-S. And there you will find a list of book recommendations from both me and the Flaunt Your Fire team, including the Do One Thing Every Day That Scares You journal, as well as the audiobook that I'm currently listening to, Essentialism, or if you're old school and you like to flip pages and read, there's also a traditional printed version of that book as well. 
Okay. And for those of you that have been listening for a while and you have been sitting on the fence, you really want to change something in your business. You have spent a lot of time online and you're not getting results. Or on the other side, you've spent almost no time online posting and contributing and promoting your business because you've been doing so much in person, but you know that being online can open up a whole new world of possibilities for you. I'm going to encourage you to do one thing and visit flauntyourfire.com and sign up for a free consultation with me. There we can have a conversation about where your business is, where you would like it to go, and some quick and easy things that you can do to get you to the next place. Okay, I will see you guys on the next episode. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?